because this is for the last Thank you for tuning in. This is Reformed Raza. This is a brand new podcast where we talk theology, where we talk testimonies, where we talk about what's going on in the world through a biblical worldview. My name is Martin Velasquez, and to my side we got... This is uh, Victor right here. And... Justin Corona. Awesome. These are my brothers in the Lord that... We're going to be doing this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Join us as we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are blessed to just to be here and do this uh, and just talk, talk about the word, talk about the Lord, and just edify each other. So join us as we grow and you will grow as well. Thank you for tuning in. So the purpose for, for us just coming here is just like, uh, just getting into the word more, getting more in depth and take on issues that are going on in the world and just laying them down through a biblical worldview. So, um, Reformed Raza. And you guys can jump in anytime you guys want. We're here. <laughs> so, first of all, uh, the reason why I wanted to do the podcast is just a lot of things that have happened and my Christian walk that I've seen other brothers and sisters, you know, unfortunately not in the same level that they should be, you know, in their walk, in my opinion, that, um, you know, having a few years in the Lord, still, still don't know, you know, basic biblical knowledge and, you know, out of love. Uh, this is why we're doing this, just to demonstrate the word of God. And that, so people may grow. You know, we're not theologians. We we're not. We don't have uh, any bachelor's degrees and any biblical what? studies. But I thought you did. But Victor is a pastor, so oh yeah, I forgot to mention that <laughs> he is a, a assistant pastor to our church. And um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're we don't have any uh, studies behind us, but we have read the Word of God. Uh, we we've have studied it and we have learned from it, and we've come to a certain understanding of what. The Bible actually says, and as we grow, join us as we take this ride. Yeah, it's just like as you said, that, you know, this is our first episode. But, I mean, maybe if you're listening to this, like, way down the line, you can hear the growth. Yeah. Grow as we grow. Like, as like from this first episode, depending on, you know, if you're, like, 10 episodes in, you're going to hear a difference because... Like Mar said, we're gonna continue to read, continue to grow, yep. and at the same time, you'll be able to hear it. This is like a recording of that, but at the same time, we will challenge those that listen to grow with us in the word. Amen, amen. And so first off, who are we, and why should you listen to us? Why the name Reform Rasa? What is that all about? All these questions would be answered if you stick around. So first of all, <laughs> Justin. Where are you coming from, bro? What's, uh, what's your testimony? Who are you? Why, what, what is this all about? What's your, what, what can you testify today of the Lord? Where, where has the Lord brought you from? Um, well, you know, I don't want to uh, name the gang I was from. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, from where the Lord has brought me from was from senior year in high school. And he brought me out of a lot of immaturity and uh, just somebody who was just selfish, just seeking his own, his own desires, um, not in a way of bragging, but I would seek women out a lot, you know, whether it be through pornography or even just dating uh, women, not women, you know, I was in high school, but just like just dating young, young girls at the time, uh, not caring for a real relationship, but just using them, I guess you would say. Yeah. Because of things I've, you know, seen in videos and, and, and even just websites or whatever it may be, and thinking that as a way of being a man. And so God took me out of a lot of that. And, and um, yeah, from senior in high school, my wife at the time, she was my friend, invited me to church. Um, 
And although a year before that I was already going to church, but um, I guess there was just a big difference because when I came to Streetlight, as as some of us would agree, you know, um, as I came to Streetlight, that was the for me it was the first time I heard the word repentance. Yeah. Because a year prior to that, I was going to another church, and it was just a youth group. I go every Wednesday with my friend, and and to be honest, I only went because there was girls there, and <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I mean, the youth group over there, like a lot of us weren't even really in the Word of God at all. Maybe like one or two. Like how how old were you and when when it started happening? I I started going to that youth group when I was like sixteen. Dang. But I mean it. I could say it probably didn't do really do much for me only because I didn't get a call to repentance. Like, yeah. Like I, like I, I, I think the, the, the youth leader at the time, he was a good guy. I mean, he knew his word, but like, as far as just us as a youth at the time in that group, we weren't trying to hear it. We would just go there as like a meetup. And so, like, we'll go, we'll sit, you know, we'll listen. Kind of like a hangout. Yeah, like a hangout. And, like, I was never really challenged to change. Yeah. Or challenged to repent from, you know, things I've done or anything. Or a call to salvation, right? Yeah. um, And then once I got invited, you know, my girlfriend at the time, not my wife, but I got invited by my wife. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and our pastor, Pastor Santos, he, I remember the service was just about, repentance and that was the first time i really heard that and i was like what the heck yeah and so i just kept coming and and i invited my friend armando for the next one and and i just kept coming and coming and and there was just a difference and i i would you know i think emotionally at the time i felt like i gave my my life to to the lord and but i i feel as once you know, later down the road, me me and my wife had a baby, or we found out she was pregnant. I think after that moment, I feel like I really gave my life, not out of emotion, but just more so like, man, like, I don't do that. Yeah. Like, you have to take control. Yeah. Because the way I'm living, I mean, I don't know where, you know, where up is down or down is up, anything yeah. like that. You know, I was I was confused, you know, not not that um, I was given the word incorrectly or anything like yeah. that, but just just confused as far as what to do. And that's when you realize, like, yeah. Lord, I need you, you know? Yeah, because I, I would honestly say when, when I first started coming, like, I felt like it was an emotional high. Yeah. Like, I was reading my word every night, you know, I, and and at the same time, you know, I, I was with Julie, we're, we're boyfriend and girlfriend dating, and... And, you know, we were doing things we, we probably shouldn't have been doing, obviously. And <laughs> But, you know, at the same time, like, I felt like that that true, just, like, genuine, like, repentance and, and God, take this from me, take control, yeah. take the wheel, mm-hmm. happened after, you know, we found out that she was pregnant. And, yeah. and from there, you know, it wasn't all gravy. You know, some people, that's, like, the end of the story, but it's, like, no, from there... If anything, it gets harder because now yeah. you're living with conviction in That's your life. That's only the beginning right there. <laughs> yeah, it's just the beginning because every day is just a new battle. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, that, that's where I came from, you know, straight senior year in high school. Um, you know, the the lots that were casting on my life, you know, I wasn't involved in, in anything really heavy. You know, I, I smoked weed, I drank, I drank, and, you know, nothing nothing that was too heavy. But I mean, other than that... Uh, See, I think that's a, a misconception that people yeah. have, that you have to have this crazy background story of how you were a murderer and a killer and God saved you from, you know, <coughs> all these things. But, hey, sometimes you realize, like, dang, I'm a sinner, and the way that I'm living is not correct, even though you haven't done, you know, according to the world, some crazy stuff. But that's that, that point where you come to, to realize that I'm a sinner, and... I'm going to go to hell if I don't, you know, turn from my sin. And, you know, God shines upon yeah. you and, get, and, you know, saves you. You know, so that, that's, that's, that's also awesome right there, man. And Justin is also the, the, him and his wife are leaders of the children's ministry. They see the, the children's ministry. And it's been a blessing to my kids, you know, just to, 
learn from this brother right here. And they also lead the couples ministry, which is also a blessing. So that's that's awesome right there, how God used both of you, you know, from yeah. you know, teenagers all the way up to now, you know, how God has raised you guys up, man. That's, that's, that's awesome, man. Thank you. So, Victor, where are you coming from, bro? What up? What up, everybody? For anybody listening, uh, my name is Victor, Victor Velasquez, and uh, I'll just tell you uh, my story and uh, testimony and how God, what God brought me out of, what God brought me through. And uh, I guess you can, uh, you can start it off when, when I was, tell you the truth, before I came to God, I was always lost. Yeah. I, was only, I always felt alone. I always felt like a, um, an outcast and everywhere in everything at school, uh, growing up in a neighborhood where it's like a bunch of Catholics and growing up in a Christian household made you basically the outcast of everybody. Yeah, Victor is and, also my, my brother, my yeah, blood brother. That <laughs> yeah, is my big brother right here. For those who don't know, this is my big brother right here. Little big brother. Little, my, my little, my big, little brother. big brother. <laughs> or my little, big little brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so... Um, you know, you know, our, my dad would always teach teach us the the you know the Bible stories. Of, so I pretty much knew what the Word of God says. I pretty much knew about God, but I didn't know God. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, going to church uh, after every service, I would basically go in the car and just wait for everybody else. Uh, especially, uh, what's that word? I'm I'm introvert. Basically, I to stick yourself. to myself. I'm yeah. myself, and that's just the way that I've always been. And so. Uh, that didn't help at all. Uh, wanting to get friends, not wanting to be alone, and so uh, growing up into those teenage days, now it's like um, I'm just completely lost. Uh, school didn't do it for me because I didn't want to go to school because yeah. I felt alone at school. So I, that's why I didn't. I didn't really go to school. I was always just going through it on, on my own. And so now, uh, going into high school. I didn't want to feel that way anymore. I didn't want to feel alone. I didn't want to be the outcast. And so uh, the only people that were there were the people, the, the people from the neighborhood. And so uh, I, I, did, I did start to smoke weed. Uh, actually, this guy right here introduced me to it. <laughs> Dang. Uh, what? Pastor? What? And, and to be honest, uh, the first time I smoked weed was because they dared me to because they... They tempted me because I was into video games at yeah. that time. They're like, hey, we'll, we'll, give, you, we'll give you a free video game if you smoke a bowl of weed. I'm like, Dude, all right. <laughs> how old were you? Uh, I, was, uh, I believe I was 14. Were you 14? 14. Really? 14 going to 15. 14 really? going to 15. I, think, I thought you were younger than that. Yeah, and so... Uh, what a that, big, that was, big brother. That, that was the way that they got me to Good do influence. drugs. Like, hey, we'll... Uh, by the way, PlayStation 2 was out at that time, so shout that's out to anybody who still sticks to PlayStation 2. <laughs> that's how long ago it was. <laughs> that's how long ago it was. PS2 barely came out, man. Dang. Uh, but, but I remember that. I was like, hey, we'll give, you, we'll, we'll give you a game if you smoke some weed with us. So I did it. Uh, here, <laughs> did drink you get a, a game? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was uh, Spider-Man, I believe. The first Spider-Man. <laughs> the very first Spider-Man. The, Spider the one from the movie, with, right? The one with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Tobey Maguire, okay. shout out. <laughs> oh, dang. Uh, then, then, then the next thing you know, it's like, hey, drink this cup of beer, and we'll give you another game. Like, all right, let me drink this beer. Damn, dude. <laughs> and all right. You know, like, all, all right, all right sure. Cool. And then it got to the point where it's like... You want, you want to be down for the neighborhood? Now, now, now you, now, yeah, now it's like, now I'm getting into drugs, uh, weed, you know, drinking beer. And so uh, I remember just walking around the neighborhood. I thought, okay, whatever, I'm getting involved with this, these friends. And then before you know it, I don't know how to explain it, but... Uh, I walked around the neighborhood, I was drunk, and then uh, I got jumped into a neighborhood. I, I thought these guys were my friends, and then they yeah. told me, well, if you're really our friends, we'll back you up, and you back us up at the same time. I said, you know what, I'm down. I'll back yeah. you guys up. And from right there, they just socked me up, and I, at that time, I didn't even know what was going on, but I was like, all right, sure. Did they give yeah, you a but, game? Huh? Did they give you a game, too? The game of life. <laughs> the game of life was that one, man. <laughs> and so I got jumped into the neighborhood, and so now I'm like, okay, th this is it. Now this is I, me and myself. I'm thinking I wanted this. I wanted to be around people. I wanted friends. So, so now it's just time to prove myself. Yeah. Uh, being with with in the neighborhood all the time. Um, when something happened, you know, uh, uh, the enemies came. I I couldn't back down anymore. I had to show these guys that I was down. And uh, because nobody nobody looks looks at the the guy that grew up in a Christian family and says this guy's down. No, yeah, you got more to prove at that time. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so to to me, I had to prove prove to them. And uh, just a quick uh, quick thing, I, I I joined the gang before 
before my brother. Couple days before my I brother. I mean, that's not something that's <laughs> really necessary. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> say. <laughs> no, because uh, uh, but anyways, I I got to my first fight and uh, and I started getting respect, so I so I got that. I, I like that respect. So a couple couple years into this, I'm getting into fights, uh, doing doing drugs, uh, getting into crack, getting into cocaine, and, and it just went further down the line. I thought this was life. Yeah. This is it. Until reality one day just smacks you in the face. Yeah. Uh, when I was 17, or stabs I, you, or stabs you in the face. When I was, when oh, I was, sorry, uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> so when I was 17, uh, already at this time, uh, I was already known by my friends. I was already putting in some work, and before you knew it, the enemies came by. They needed to put a hit on somebody, and so I was the lucky one. And long story short, I ended up getting stabbed, stabbed in the back. Uh, ended up going to the hospital that night. Literally stabbed. Literally in the stabbed back. in the back. Not, not metaphorically speaking, but yeah. you literally got stabbed. Literally in the stabbed back. in the back. <laughs> going to the hospital that night. Yeah. Uh, that. Couldn't walk, and that just affected me in a deeper way. Not not just uh, physically, but mentally. Yeah. And I couldn't even. I didn't even trust anybody. I couldn't trust my own house. I couldn't trust anybody. To make a long story short, uh, we ended up moving out of the neighborhood. Couple months later, one of my best—I'd say one of the best friends, yeah. the best homies—ends up getting shot and killed, and that just threw me that's, off guard. That's when reality really hits when you uh, yeah. see one of your homies that you see every day. Now he's—you see him in a casket, and you know he's not there anymore you know, from one day to the next. Yeah, that, that that was really hard for me. I was 17 when he when he died, and so that just threw me into a great depression. So being introvert. And now having this depression going crazy in my mind, lost, uh, it just it just threw me off. So for a couple of years, I was I was depressed hard. I mean, you, I made depressed look depressed. I was <laughs> I was really bad. And so uh, I just thought I just thought three things. One thing that I thought was I'm either gonna kill somebody, I'm gonna kill myself, or I'm gonna end up getting locked up eventually. And so I didn't want to live that way. So I, I'm the only way that I knew was back to what I was taught as a kid, which is, uh, wait a minute, maybe I need help. Yeah. Not maybe I need help. <laughs> I was desperate. I was like, God, if you're really there, I need you to do something. I need you to. I need to know who you are. Yeah. I need to know why my family has joy and why I don't, because my family a Christian other than me and my brother. And so I just thought, I need to know if this is real. And God, if you don't show up, if you don't do something, I'm going to end up dead. And so I remember one night just getting on my knees and calling out to God and saying, God, show up. I'll do whatever it takes. They say, give your life to the Lord. I'll give you my life. If it's repentance, I repent. I'm on my knees and I'm crying out, God, save me. And something happened that, that the next day. The next day, I woke up and I was just like, I feel liberated. I feel free. I, don't, I woke up saying, I don't have to go to the neighborhood today. Yeah. I don't have to get into drugs. I don't have to do all of these things that, that I knew I was a teenager. And... Um, for the next couple of days, I don't know why, but I just started reading the Bible. Yeah. I just started praying. Every minute that I had, I was reading, I was praying. And on the, after the seventh <coughs> day of that, of getting on my knees, I just said, you know what? If God were to take his people, I know that I would go with him. Because I, I remember that time, I was like, what, what the heck is wrong with this fool right here? All of a sudden, he does, yeah. doesn't want to smoke weed with us, or he doesn't want to do nothing. I thought there was something wrong with you. I knew that you were depressed or something, and then when you didn't want to smoke anymore, I was like, there's something definitely wrong with this fool right here. And But little did I know that was, you know, your transformation, is your, that's what you were going through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know I was going through that transformation either. Is um, I mean, for some people, it's at an instant. For other people, it takes time. For me, it, it, it took a little bit of a process, but... It, it got to the point where I didn't have those desires anymore. When I did smoke weed, I'd be like, "This isn't. This doesn't feel right. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. This is. This is not what I should be doing." And so I remember just after the seventh day, I was just like, 
hey, if God takes his people, I'm going with them. I, I, I'm saved. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saved because I believe her. It's just my mentality. But I'm saved because the Bible says that I'm saved. And you know, I remember just feeling a touch of the Holy Spirit. I never even felt that before. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew what it, what it was talking about when it said uh, um, being pa- baptized with the Spirit. With the spirit with 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 fire. Did you start Not con- to go Pentecostal on, on anybody here. On the floor and start con- no. speaking in tongues. <laughs> no, but I could. I just felt liberated. I just felt God confirming with me, saying, "Yes, you are my child. Yes, you are my Amen. son. Yes, you belong yes, to me." Yes. <laughs> and so I, I just uh, that whole emptiness that I felt, God filled it with, with Himself. Amen. And so, years later, now um, we're right here. God's doing an amazing work in my life, and I haven't looked back ever since. And, and that, that was in know. 2010 when I gave my life to God, and it's now 2019. So nine years in the Lord. Dang, nine years already. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. So praise God. So, praise God. And he is the assistant pastor in our church. That's crazy. That's crazy yeah. where God has, has raised you up, man. And so as yeah. far as, far as uh, uh, for me... Uh, I can say that the way I got saved is not typically um, normal or the way usually people get saved. Like something that you both said that that really resonated with me, that that moment that you just knew that you knew that, that you were saved or God confirmed in you that, that, that you were saved or you had that moment when you realized that you needed God and, and, and you went to him and, and you got saved. As far as for me, the... It's a little. It was a little bit more drastic than that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> straight like from a movie. Hey, so what I'm about to say is uh, is real, and there's witnesses that can testify. Uh, one right here <laughs> <laughs> to what I'm about to say. So as as my brother was saying, that you know we grew up in a Christian uh, household. My dad always been a Christian. My parents, you know, my dad. I would always as kids teach us, you know, get us together and teach us Bible stories, and he would like play, you know, do little act little scenes out, he'll get like, he'll, he'll dress up like Samson or whatever and, and, you know, just teach us about it like that as kids. But then, you know, we grew up in a, in a typical Mexican neighborhood where, you know, everybody, you know, is out and about, everybody knows each other. And the same people that you go to school with are the same people you come home and you see in the neighborhood running around. So it was a, it was a very active neighborhood where everybody knew each other and that, you know, it was a, a very social neighborhood. Um, so us growing up, they knew we were the only Christians in, in, in the whole neighborhood. Everyone else was Catholic or, or whatever. And we were the only ones that we kind of were looked down upon, like with a goody two-shoes kids. And, and you know, they didn't, we didn't cuss. We didn't, you know, watch, you know, certain scary movies or, or certain things. But as, as I got older, started going to school and, and, and you know, kicking it with, with these people that were in the neighborhood, I wanted to. I wanted their acceptance. I wanted to, to be liked because there was a lot of you know kids in the neighborhood, and I just wanted to be part of them, you know, because I was you know outcasted, uh, just, just just because of that fact. And my dad was very unashamed to be a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> he he was very and he would be very vocal, and it would be as a kid, it would be. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed of my dad, that he would be just so unashamed out there saying Jesus and and all these kind of things and. So I wanted to stray away from that and show, you know, these people that I was down too. So as we got we got older, you know, we started getting into, you know, more drugs and and gangs and things like that. And so I wanted to be down, right? So you know, I got jumped in, and so I wanted to prove myself more than anybody that I was down, you know, that I, I was crazy just like these dudes, and I found my identity, my identity. In the gangs, that's like who I was. I found my place in the neighborhood. That this is who I am. I'm so and so from this place, and you can't mess with. You know, I was just that typical, you know, vato loco over here. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up getting, you know, going to jail from the juvenile halls, you know, all the way to the county. I, I, never, I never went to prison, thank God, but you know, I made, I did make it to the county jail, and just because I wanted to show and prove myself that I was down more than anybody, and so. You're not down. You're not down. You're not down. No, No, I'm not down. You know, I can say that now. I don't care about that kind of stuff anymore. And praise God for that. You know, but at the moment, when I was a teenager, you know, just being influenced by the by the neighborhood kids around you, you wanted to be more down. So we did get into, you know, drugs at a very young age. I remember at the age of 13, 
is when I first started to, you know, smoke weed. They asked me, like, hey, you, 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 know, you want to take a hit? All right, cool. You know, because that's the thing that was going on, you know? That's what was happening. So I was like, all right, I want to be down like everybody else. So took a hit, took a hit and just kept on smoking and smoking and smoking. Eventually leading up to, you know, doing cocaine and drinking and just, you know, all kinds of other stuff, popping pills, you know, all at once. I remember at one point even I was, I was, I took some pills, I smoked some, some crack, I was stoned, I was drunk, <laughs> all at the same time. Crossfaded. Yeah, dude, I was just like out of it, dude. And so I had that moment when Victor, my brother, when he got stabbed, I remember um, that night very clearly. Uh, I rushed him, I took him, and we started running. And my parents were having a Bible study in the house that day. And I, you know, I, I, I went through the door and slammed the door wide open. And he's like, you know, Victor just got stabbed. And all the brothers from my dad's church and the sisters are just right there. Oh, man. And like, you know, he called an ambulance. He just got, he got stabbed. He's bleeding. And I went to my closet, and I remember I had a, a, a rifle. I had a 22 rifle. And I was looking for it. I was looking for it. And I couldn't find it because that's where I, I had my closet. That's where I kept my stuff. And I was going to grab it to, you know, I still had time to find these dudes. And, and, you know, I wanted to kill somebody that day. And so I couldn't find it, so I ran to the front, and I saw this fool running in the front, and he passed by, and I remember all I could do. I felt defenseless, you know, I couldn't do anything. But then the next morning, it was right there. That gun was right there. And if I had found it the day before, I would have killed somebody, and I would have been in jail for the rest of my life, you know, because those bullets were pretty big, you know. And so... Now I look back and I, I can see that's how God was working in me, you know, protecting me from certain things, you know. And so as, you know, time goes by, you know, my dad was like, man, this is it. Because at that moment, you know, my dad realized that we just need to get out of here, you know. He was a Christian and people were leaving notes at, at our door saying, you know, te crees muy santo, pero tus hijos son el diablo. Hmm. You know, meaning you think you're so holy, but your kids are the devil, you know. And that just broke my my. my my dad's heart, you know, because he was really trying to raise up his family in a godly way. He was very evangelistic. He's trying to evangelize to the neighborhood. And we're over here trying to sell weed to the neighborhood, you know what I mean? So, and then, so we got out of there, and then that's when I started really getting into, to, I started tweaking it very bad. You know, at that moment, you know, I had met my wife, you know, back then was my girlfriend when I was 18 years old. And, um, you know, I met her. She was there that day. She dropped us off that day. And so from that day, you know, we moved, we moved out of the neighborhood, and I started really just, you know, smoking a lot of uh, meth, you know. I started tweaking it a lot, and I got stuck, man. I mean, I got stuck on, on that stuff. And it was to the point where, where I was literally battling demons, you know. I had what you, what you would call, you know, sleep paralysis. In Spanish, is uh, cuando se te sube el muerto, you know, meaning, you know, you feel a spirit on top of you and you can't move. You know, it's that, it's that point where you wanted to go to sleep, but your mind is awake, you're conscious, but your body's frozen and you feel like an evil presence on top of you. And that would happen to me every time that I, that I wanted, you know, to, I was on the malia, I was on the come down. And I wanted to get some sleep after being awake for two weeks. And it was driving me crazy, dude, because it happened every single time I wanted to get some sleep. So I was, I was afraid to go to sleep. I didn't want to sleep. And it was driving me, you know, crazy. So one day, you know, I knew that Victor got, had gotten saved. At my, I have two sisters that they were saved. My parents were saved. And all these people were walking around with joy in their hearts. And I'm like, Dude, what the heck is going on? How, why can't I feel that joy? And so it was at 4 in the morning where I was just, I was just on a sick one. And I went outside and started blazing it. And I looked up to, to the sky and I said, God, if you say who you say you are, then show me your love. I remember saying it like that because I don't know what the love of God is, right? Everybody always saying that, you know, Jesus loves you and all these kind of things. Well, I need to know that kind of love, you know? And so that's, that's why I said, if you're real, then show me your love. And so I started walking up the stairs and I had gotten my shoulder dislocated before and uh and I told my, I felt my, like my shoulder was popping out of his socket. And I told my dad, waking him up like at six in the morning, saying, 
know, help me pop my shoulder back in. And he's trying to pop my shoulder back in, and it's, it's not happening, right? He's like, you're crazy, dude. Like, this is, there's nothing wrong with you. And I, and I was just, like, flipping out in my mind. And I, and I felt, I woke up my wife, and I told her that something's wrong with me. Something's wrong. And then I felt an, a ball in my stomach, and it was moving around. And I felt like my bones were literally breaking on the inside. And I, I was going crazy. I thought I was going to die that day. And so my wife tells uh, my brother, hey, pray for this dude. Something's wrong with him. And then uh, my brother starts praying for me. And I'm just in tears. I'm just crying. I said, God, help me. Heal me. And I said this. I said, God, if, if you heal me right now, I promise that I'll serve you. And that's when it happened. And this is the part that... <laughs> get, get, get ready, kids. <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets deep. <laughs> no, literally, uh, there was a, a light that blinded me. I saw a light, a white light. It just came upon me. And I started screaming at the top of my lungs. And I felt like my body was being sucked in the air so fast. And I started screaming, Lord, Lord, I see you, I see you, I see you. And in that light, I felt the presence of Jesus. I really did. And the victor starts choking. I remember that very clearly. He's like going. <laughs> it's like the darkness was choking me. Seriously, because I was battling some hardcore demons, dude. Like, I don't even know, dude. I was like talking to demons and I was literally demon possessed. And so there was that battle between light and darkness right there. And so, so Victor just starts like praying with authority, holding me down. There's some exorcism going on right there. And I'm screaming, you know, God, I see you, I see you. And I'm flipping out, and Victor's holding me down, and, and, and he's pressing. And you, you were talking in a way that is very, like, authoritative. I, I don't even know how to tell you the truth. I was just, I was just God right there because I, yeah. I put my hand on, on, your, on, your, on your chest to try and hold you down, and I could feel your heart beating so fast I thought I was going to pop out or something. Yeah, I saw Honestly. it. Was, I was definitely going through a spiritual battle. But I remember, I remember that it was like God was talking to me through you. I know this is, you know, it's not what we believe that God speaks literally or anything like that. God speaks through his word. But he said, confess your sins. And, and I couldn't. I had done too many things, too many perverted things, too many things against all my family to, to confess. And I remember, you know, he said, Martin, Martin, it's okay. I'm here. Confess. And so I started saying, Lord, forgive me for sexual immorality. Forgive me for stealing. Forgive me for, you know, all these things. And he said, you've, you've been forgiven. Remember he said that? He said, you've been mm -hmm. forgiven. No, he, first he said, uh, do you accept the Lord as your Savior or something like that? And before I could answer yes, he said, you've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. And I remember I just, like, that's, I just started crying. I started crying. And then all of a sudden I heard, what's going on here? And I, like, snapped out of it. And it was, a, it was the cops that walked in the room because I was screaming very loud. It was, like, 7, 8, maybe, like, 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was, like, 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was very early. And, and, and just to get a, a quick picture real quick, uh, because I was praying over, he was yelling so hard that the neighbors next door were banging on the wall. And I kept on saying, the blood, the blood, the blood. <laughs> so I think that's why they called the cops. Like, what's going on here? They thought, they thought that someone was getting murdered right The there. blood of Jesus. Was no, this where your dad blood? lives at right now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang, it was still there, huh? Yeah. My dad's still there. And so, and so uh, you, you told my wife to call my sisters and... Yeah, my dad. I, I remember saying, we need more prayer warriors. And I said, call everybody you know. Tell them to start praying. Not to come, but to start praying. Because something's happening right here. I didn't even know, but man, I was like, something's <laughs> happening. Pray. Yeah, and so, and so then I heard a strange voice, and it was the cops. I walked in, and I snapped out of it. We, like, snapped out of it. It was crazy. Like, we were, like, in a, in a, in a zone or something. In like a trance or something. Like a trance or something. <laughs> and then, and then. You know, yeah, get out, get off, get off of him. And so, you know, they separated us. I was in the room. The blood. The blood. <laughs> and then the cops were like, sorry. What? Yeah, and then the cops were like, what's going on here? And I was like, you're not going to believe me, but I just saw Jesus. <laughs> so imagine that, doing that to a cop. Oh, and, man. And, the, and, and he, he looked for my ID, so he went into my little, like, cajon right there. 
And he saw, you know, I had a pipe and some weed. And was like, okay, this was obviously crazy. He's like, what do you he's mean? He's on some. Yeah. He's like, what do, you, what do you mean you saw Jesus? Like a, a real person in here or what? Like, nah. And I started explaining to him how peaceful I felt. I was like, nah, you know, you don't, you don't understand. You know, I, I told him before, you know, I felt angry. I felt bitter and all these kind of things. And, um, and like, and I, told, and I told him how peaceful I felt. Like, but I feel really good right now. You know, I felt calm. I felt... You know, and then he asked me, do you feel like killing yourself? Do you feel like, you know, hurting anybody else or killing anybody? And I told him, like this, I said, for the first time in my life, I don't. <laughs> and then another officer walks in, like, oh, so what's going on? Oh, nothing. He just saw Jesus. Yeah, I remember him <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and they said, oh, he had an epiphany. Because I was expressing to him how peaceful that I felt. And how, like, how, you know, yeah. I felt, I felt, literally, I felt brand new after that. And so, they, you know... Little did I know, I found out a few, a few years later that my kids were in the living room and they're asking, oh, can we see our dad? And like the cop told them, oh, your dad, he's going to go to a hospital. He's going to get some help. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I know. That. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like a split second away from, from being sent to a mental hospital. I didn't know that. I'm not crazy, though, but... <laughs> and so the, the cops left because, you know, I started expressing to them how peaceful I felt. And I remember my dad was right there. And, you know, he had, he had gone to work earlier, and he came back, and I remember just running up to him and just hugging him, and I told him, I'm free, I'm free. And we, he started crying, we both started crying, and he, he started praising God right there. And I felt brand new. That was the first time from the age of 13, I was, at, I was 24 at the time, where, you know, every day, you know, getting high, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what it was to not get high. I was one of those people. I was a functioning addict is what it, what it, what it was. You know, I would, I would, everything I had to do, I was high. I, I, went, I, I stepped outside of my house, I had to be high. I woke up, I had to be high. I went to sleep high. That was 24-7. I felt like, like, like I couldn't go a day getting high, and I couldn't go another day without getting high. I was stuck. And from, from that moment on, that was in 2013, and... I felt free. I felt what it knew. I knew that in that moment, I knew what it was to be born again. And I felt a weight lifted off my shoulders like never before. I felt brand new. And I knew that God has something, God does, did something in my life because I tried to go back like a month later. My marriage wasn't so good at the time. And I tried to go back, to, you know, smoking meth again. But I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. It wasn't the same anymore. So I tossed it, you know, again. I said, God, you know, I know you've done something in my life. I flushed it and I said, I'm all yours now. And I, you know, I, I started growing in the Lord. You know, then, you know, Victor was already coming to the church. And so I came, you know, and I just started coming. And uh, every year we, we do, our church was called the Judgment Day Play, where five different people from five different walks of life, they die and they stand before God. So I was part of that play in 2014. And, um, but after that, you know, I didn't really know the word, you know. I mean, I would come and I would hear the sermon, but I never really got into the word myself. So after that, that, that first year, um, I went to, through a lukewarm stage, you know. I stopped coming to church, and uh, it was basically, I was dry, you know. I was just existing as a Christian. I knew God had done something in my life, but I didn't really know nothing. And so at that time, um, I was listening to Andy Mignol's Sin is Whack mixtape. You know, it's funny how God used Andy <laughs> Mignol in my life, you know. <laughs> and if you know me, whack, if you know me I, I'm not, you know, too fully in agreement with Lecrae and uh, Andy Mignol, but that's a different story for a different time. Uh, but at that moment, I was, and I, and I, I heard this mixtape, and... I heard a preacher by the name of Paul Washer, and he started saying some things that I never he was heard on that before. One? Yeah, he was on that one. And so it really, him and Ravi Zacharias, they were on that. And uh, it really caught my attention, you know, just those sermon, sermon clips that, that they had on there. So I searched for Paul Washer on, um, on, uh, on YouTube, and I heard one of his sermons. And from that moment on, it, it blew my mind. It literally blew my mind, the things that he was saying, because I had never heard that. Because before that, prior to that, I was asking myself, what does the cross have to do with me? What does Jesus dying on the cross have to do with me? How, 
does that save me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what does that have to do? I didn't understand it. I, I, had, I had a concept of it. I knew that this was what we believed, and this is Jesus was the basis of our faith, but I didn't know why. You know, so that, was, that question was in my mind before listening to that mixtape. And so I, when I went through Paul Washer, he had, a, he had a, a sermon about that, you know, and he used the word called propitiation and the wrath of God fell on Jesus. And I never heard these things before, and it blew my mind. It still blows my mind to this day. And so I started looking up the scriptures. He was, he was preaching from Romans chapter 3, and that word propitiation really got to me. I was like, there it is. It's right there in the Bible. <laughs> so I started digging in. It's like, what does this word mean and what? And it blew my mind to find out that, that Jesus Christ, what he did on that cross, it really, like, got to me. And I remember just coming back to church and saying, Lord, you know, Again, you know, I'm, I'm plugged in. I'm all yours. Now, I understand, I understand, you know, this cross. So I started growing in the, in the knowledge and started reading, you know. I, I started listening to these preachers, Paul Washer, John MacArthur, and, and these kind of preachers. And I just didn't listen to them. But the scriptures that they were mentioning, I went back and I read them. And I got, I got hooked, man. I, so they were preaching from a certain chapter or verse I was like, okay, so what, is it, what does this verse mean? And I, would, you know, I was like, okay, I got to start from the beginning of the chapter. No way, I got to start from the beginning of the book. No way, I got to understand why this book was written and start going <laughs> back, you know? And I just got, I got, I got hooked on that. And, and, and this is why, you know, this is what, what leads up to, to this podcast, that for the name Reformed Raza. First of all, uh, Raza basically comes from you know, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And like, dang, that just sums up my testimony. So raza has to do not only with just like, you know, raza is a word that Hispanics use to, you know, our people, but Christian raza. You are a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood. That's what rasa means, and, and, and that's what I mean when I say rasa is, is the Christian rasa, you know, the people that have come out of darkness into his marvelous light to proclaim the excellences of his work, you know. And so, so, so the, the first word, reformed, has to do with, you know, I heard these preachers uh, mention uh, a man by the name of Martin Luther, and, uh, and I, heard, I heard that name, and I was like... I didn't really pay attention too much, but then they kept on talking about an event called the Protestant Reformation, and I was like, I didn't really care too much about it, but then I started digging into it, and I was like, oh, all right, you know, what this, what this man did, you know, I started to study, and uh, the basis for the, you know, just a, a quick back, background, Martin Luther was a, was a Catholic monk who discovered the scriptures, you know, at, at that time in the 1500s. The Catholic Church was a basis of the authority of, of, they were basically the word of God to the people, and they were the authority. And so whatever the Catholic Church said, that's what went. But Martin Luther, as he discovered the scriptures, he found out that the scriptures did not align with what the Catholic Church was saying. So he pinned, you know, to the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, 95 theses that were wrong with the Catholic Church. You know, basically all based off of scripture. So the basis of what it means to be reformed in my sense was sola scriptura. The, 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 the basis for our faith is authority of scripture. So when we say reform, we're talking about we're being biblical right here. Reform is just a, a nickname for biblical. We're the biblical raza right here. So when we say we hold to a higher authority, which is the word of God. The scriptures are the basis for everything that we say, our opinion, Everything that we're going to talk about is the scriptures is our authority. So we know when we say reform, we hold to a certain theological, you know, beliefs that are based in the scriptures. You guys agree with me with that? Amen. Yes, sir. <laughs> so the scriptures of authority. And so, so last year, 
you know, getting into the scriptures from 2013 all the way to 2019, I'm just growing in, in faith, growing in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and just, you know, being encouraged, never looking back, not going back. I knew who I am. My identity now is in Jesus Christ, and I know that for sure. And um, so last year, uh, Ligonier Ministries, there's, there's a ministry called Ligonier. They, they pull out a survey every, like, two years or so, and just basically basic Christian, you know, basic questions that, that Christians should know. You know, is Jesus God? You know, the Trinity and, and certain, base, certain things. And the, the results of that survey were very shocking to me because they found out that, that most Christians are not biblical Christians. You know, they got most of these answers wrong. You know, people, you know, questions like, does God accept uh, worship from every religion? And a lot of people said yes. These are people that are proclaiming to be Christians. So that means that God accepts the worship of Muslims. God accepts the worship of Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. And Jedis. And Jedis and, 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 and all kinds of other things. <laughs> and so just those basic questions that shocked me, like, what? And so, you know, on Facebook, I posted a scripture. If you guys remember that. <laughs> You've fallen for the trap of the <laughs> post on Facebook. So I was like, all right. So then I saw this other video where this dude, he did this test where he just posted a scripture says that, that comes from the temptation of Jesus Christ. And, and it's the devil saying, you know, if you bow down and worship me, all things will be yours. So I just posted that scripture from the book of Luke. And I put, type amen if you agree with this. But mind you, it didn't say the devil saying this. No, it just, no, it no. just said exactly, if you bow down. And worship me, all these will be given to you. Yeah, yeah. So, so I posted that scripture. And I just put a type amen if, if you agree with this. And to my surprise, a lot of my home brothers and sisters liked the comment and commented and said amen. And, and that's really shocking too. Like, what? So, because anybody, like, if you guys would, like, in you guys' opinion, you guys hear that, you guys know who that is, right? Yeah, because <laughs> I've, read, I've read that before. <laughs> I've read in Matthew and... And yeah. when Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, I read that. And so when I saw that, when you posted that, I was like, what the heck oh, is this man. guy doing? <laughs> no, I wasn't going into heresy or anything like that. Yeah. I wasn't going into prosperity or nothing like that. But that was just a test, man. Like, and, that, that, and that's when it really hit home that my own brothers and sisters, you know, some, some of them who've been in the Lord longer than me, you know, don't know these things. And so that's, that was, that's what really convicted me out of love to be like, man, we need... We need to get back to the Bible. We need to, to, to know what the Bible says because even in my own personal experience, that's when everything turned for me, where I knew what the Word of God said. When I realized what Jesus had done for me in the Scriptures, you know, that filled me up with the fire, and I have never looked back. There's no more lukewarm stages for me, you know? I... I Every day is, 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 is a joy to know. And when I read the scriptures, man, that fills me, man. And that, that's what I look at this world, and that's my worldview. It's, it's biblical. And so, so what is the gospel is basically what it, the well, question. Before we get to that, yeah. I was going to ask both of you guys. Uh, because for me, in, in, in my testimony, I didn't have parents serving God. So for me, uh, when I came to repentance and, and, and I started my walk with God, it, I'm, I'm sure it was totally different than from you guys because I wasn't raised in the church. Yeah. Um, my parents weren't serving God. And so for me, it was more of like um, trying to figure out where to go from here. Yeah. But my question to both of you guys, because you guys both had parents that were serving God. Your dad was a pastor and... And what was he a pastor at the time? He wasn't a pastor. He's always been a preacher and an evangelist. He was always just about Jesus. You know, he wasn't a pastor, but yeah. he preached. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well. Okay. So then, having your dad being that, and and like how you guys said, you guys were sometimes uh, ashamed of you know of your dad doing that in your old neighborhood when you guys were trying to live your own lives, and yeah. and him going and preaching to all your friends while you went in the back and yeah. sold weed <laughs> to them. And so, how was that when you guys got saved? Um, starting with Victor and then to Martin, um, how how was that transition? You know, after you getting saved, um, knowing the things of God because of your parents, how was that transition 
from the old life to the new life as far as like what to do like did you know oh okay you know you know my dad always told me you know to to go to church to read to pray and do this like did you already know what to do or were you still trying to figure it out i was still trying to figure it out to tell you the truth yeah uh, because everything was new yeah uh things started making sense yeah but i mean i didn't know where to look for a church uh i i knew i had to go to church that that yeah like um that's to me that that was obvious like yeah i go to church but when I went to church, it, it didn't feel like it was right. What I mean by that is that uh, I felt like God didn't call me to that church. And you mean that church is in like your dad's? Yeah, like in my okay. dad's. Or, well, actually, at that time, uh, my dad was start, trying to start a church. And so I, I would go with him, but, but I was like, this doesn't, it's not God's will. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was like, no, you know, yeah, like, this doesn't the, feel the, right. The, this the type of churches that we grew up in back in the 90s and stuff were very like apostolic, Pentecostal, where they would fall down and start, you know, speaking in tongues or whatever and start convulsing on the floor and people falling down. <coughs> That's a typical Hispanic church where it's all just all that kind of stuff where, you know, they have, you know, if someone has to be screaming or or someone has to be falling down. They even have the people right behind everybody and during the altar call. The where, catchers. Yeah, the catchers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the type of church we grew up in, you know what I mean? So, and that wasn't really, you know, what I was into, you know. And as as far as the transition, it's just like how Victor just said, it was everything was new. It was brand new. Like, I realized, like, I did not know God before. I didn't. Like, you thought you knew God. Yeah, I thought I knew him because I was identified, like, you know, all my friends were Catholic, and when, they, and when they asked me, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, that's what I believe. But that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, too, that uh, if, if it got to the point where I felt like a little kid, I just wanted to know what God said in his word. Because yeah. I, I, I read the Bible, but I didn't understand it. So then reading the Bible, it was just a different a mindset, different mindset, because it, it, it was real this time. It wasn't just, well, this is what my parents taught me. Yeah. This is what I've been showing now. It's like, no, I want to know what it says. Yeah, my, my dad planted... So that was a different desire. Yeah, he planted the seed in us. But, you know, when we got saved, it's like, all right, this is for real now. Yeah. How do we do this? You know, and thank God we came to this church, you know? <laughs> for real. Uh, shout out to Pastor Santos. Pastor Santos. For OG, being a man of God and yeah, uh, my pastor, being obedient Santos, to the will of God. Amen. That, yeah, and so, you know, people like Pastor Santos and even my dad, too, uh, very evangelistic people. Yes. You know, yes. even, you know, as... Not caring what people think. Yeah, very unashamed, you know? So yeah. I found myself being ashamed of my dad, but now I'm like, dang, that's what I want. That I want to be like that. <laughs> you know, that now I'm finding myself, that's how I want to be like my dad. Very unashamed to be, you know, proclaiming the word of God. Did you find yeah. that, like, as you became a Christian, that, like, now, like, some of the things that your dad maybe have told you before now just started to click? Yeah, like, especially not having kids. It's like, how did my dad ever do this? Like, my kids, I don't know, maybe it's just a different time, different era. Yeah. But, you know, since kids are into the technology these days and, you know, they grow up on iPads and stuff like that, it's very hard for them to sit still. But I do my best and, you know, I find myself admiring my dad. Like, he got home from work tired, you know, as I come home from work tired. And yet he still sat us down and taught us. And that's dedication, you know. I thank God for that. And 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 yeah, man, that's that's what it is right there. <laughs> no, that's cool because me when yeah, when I first started coming to church before I came to Streetlight, uh, my dad he would ask me like, "Why are you going to church?" <laughs> you know, at the at the time, like you know, I was, yeah. So that that's a that's a trip that that yeah, that's something different from 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 me like not having. Like you not having parents that grew up in the church, like how was that? Like coming into the church, you know, and you know what kind of backlash did you receive from you know your dad or any other family or anything like that? Um, well, yeah, like like my dad would just ask me like why are you why are you going to church and he's like I I know you're going just for the girls uh, and he's like just as long as <laughs> he you knew stay. you huh? yeah and, and and at the same time like I was going to church um, my junior year. Before I went to Streetlight. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was drinking with my dad. Dang. So, like, you know, there was no change in me. Yeah. You know, when I was first going, you know, like I said before, um, 
I, d- I wasn't really called to repentance. I wasn't called mm-hmm. to a change of my lifestyle and to die to my old self. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I thought I, everything was good. And, you know, I was going to church. Um, and yeah. And, 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 and it wasn't until I started going to Streetlight. And then, you know, like I said, like, like there was a change. Change started to come about in my life. And my dad's like, what's this? You know, like, because yeah. he knew I was already going to church before that. And then now to see me all of a sudden start changing and all of a sudden, like, because me and him shared a room yeah. um, when I started going to Streetlight. And because and we just moved into our new apartment, which we live still to this day. And uh, we were sharing a room. And every now I'd be reading the Bible. I was like, what are you doing reading the Bible for? <laughs> I was like, because I, I want to learn. Yeah. And and he's like, man, like, like you don't need that. <laughs> he's like, he's like, just be good, you know, just, just keep your head out, <laughs> out of trouble, you know. Don't get a girl pregnant, like that was man, <laughs> yeah, man oh, that man. came back to me. Dang. Because my, yeah. man, when I, I'm sure it's like this with with a lot of people who first um, become believers is that we become arrogant. Yeah. In the word, and and I remember when I first got saved, it was just like. Um, on Facebook, man, we would post scriptures, and then like if one of our friends from high school, whatever, like we'll start debating, start like saying mm-hmm. something stupid, or whatever, like all of us start throwing scripture <laughs> at them, and we'll say no, like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> and then like we thought we were the cool guys, you know, yeah. like because because we're reading the word, and 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 we had Jesus on our side, nobody yeah. could stop yeah. us, you know that that whole mentality. Yeah. And at the same time, at home, I was doing that with my dad, and I was like, man, dad, you know what you're talking about, and. And here I am, you know, Mr. Rebel for Christ, you know, but, but, but yeah. And, and, and I was like, dad, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not um, doing anything bad or anything like that. And then, you know, um, a year later, uh, Julie gets pregnant oh. and like that whole like blew up in my face, yeah. but, um, but you did the right thing. You got married and yeah. And God so, forgives. and so basically like, you know, come coming into, um, Christianity coming to this new life with with Christ, I didn't know where to go because I yeah. wasn't raised in that way. The only form of Christianity that I had, as far as to look up, growing up was my aunts. They went to church. Mm. They went to a Christian church. Were they the Pentecostal type? No, it wasn't that type. Um, but they weren't walking it at home, mm. so they were the kind you know go to sun, you know the the Sunday Christian. They'll go to yeah. church Sundays and then at home. You know, they they wouldn't celebrate Halloween and, and they wouldn't, you know, watch Harry Potter or anything like that. Yeah. But then at the same time, like Very they were cussing, they were drinking yeah. and and so and so I was like, Man, like, you know, there's not really much different. And so like when I got saved, I thought it was gonna be the same thing. I thought I was gonna be the same type of person. Yeah. But um uh, no, I mean God showed me otherwise and and it was very helpful coming that there was a, a big group of youth here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because when I first started coming, it was a big group of youth, and all of us were <coughs> pushing each other to read the word and, yeah. and grow spiritually. But yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah and that um, that's awesome right there. And then that's and then when Victor started coming, that's when I started coming, and now we're here, you know, doing this podcast. And you know, a quick question for both of you is uh, Oops. quick question for both of you is. When, at what point did you start getting more into like the <clears throat> theological basis of scripture, and how did that, how did how does that shape you know your worldview, your faith, what you believe, how you see the world? Starting with Justin, you know when you start getting more into you know the theological scripture basis of scripture and, and reading and um, I'd say was when, it like right away? No, mm-hmm. um, I was reading the word. Um, I, I was memorizing scripture, but as far as like, um, being assured of, of the things I know and, and just truly believing in what the word says, probably, uh, was it that, that judgment day play you were in that same year because what was that? Five years ago, four years ago, 2014, (coughs) something like that, (coughs) because during that time, uh, one of our, one of our, uh, Brothers, he left the church um, because of sin that happened in his life. And then even just like a, a year after, you know, slowly, like, people started leaving the church. Yeah. 
And then our big youth group became a small few. Yeah. And a lot of questions were going through my mind. Like, man, like these guys were on fire. Like these guys were like all for God and they were sold out. You know, some of them were rapping. And, yeah, I remember that. And then, and, then just, <laughs> and then just coming back and, you know, just sitting back and just thinking like, man, like how different am I from them? Like, like we both yeah. went to church. We both were ushering. We were serving. We were both reading the word. But then like, what was the difference? Like, why are they now no longer serving God and why am I still here? Like, is this, like... Election, like, bro, election. <laughs> and, and and so, like, at the same time, I was just thinking, like, man, like, like I, I need to be assured of, of the things that I know because, like, if not, then, you know, I, I could be out of here, too. Yeah. And so that, that really just convicted me of just, like, man, like, like, do I know the things that I'm saying? Yeah. Do I know the things that I'm telling other people to mm-hmm. trust in? Like, am I trusting in that for myself? Yeah. And so that's why I started really just... Uh, reading the word and even just looking on man today the the age of uh, information just going into youtube and <coughs> all, all this looking is up the, other, yeah. other pastors and, and there's just, no excuse of yeah. not knowing the word these days Seriously, many, there's many, no many excuse resources. nowadays yeah. and then just looking up uh just different uh pastors and their sermons and and um just questions that I've had about certain topics or whatever, I'll, I'll just add or I'll look it up on YouTube. But then at the same time, I'll read the word. Yeah. And 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 study the context of it because, um, you know, when we read the word, it's more important to read the full picture of it, not just yeah. like one scripture and holding on to that scripture for your life, but instead reading the full letter, the full the full book and the full chapter, yeah. and really understanding the real meaning behind that whole um, phrase, and so. I, I feel like that's what really pushed me to really uh, understand Scripture more and to be more founded in where mm-hmm. I stood to make sure that my foundation was on the rock and not in the sand. Yeah, exactly. And we got to be Bereans. You know, Acts 17, the, you know, when Paul and Silas, they, they preached to the church in Berea, they accepted the word with all readiness, but the Bible says that they, these were more, more noble-minded than the rest because in that day, they received the word and they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And that's what we need to do. Yes, it's good to listen to preachings. Yes, it's good to, to look at books and resources. But put what these pe- preachers are saying and line it up with scripture. Does it line up with scripture? Search it. And the Bible says that these were more noble-minded that they searched the scriptures to find out where these things were so. And that's, you know, that's, that's what I did, you know, like. Search the scriptures to find out where these things were sold, and there it was. How about you, Victor? Uh, I, I guess for me, um, well, well, I would read the Bible, but I wouldn't get in depth in it. Like mm-hmm. I would read the Bible to memorize it, but I guess it, for me, it's uh, being involved in ministry uh, because, uh, especially as a pastor. Oh yeah. Um, I, I my first thought when when I was preaching is I gotta please the people. I got to tell them what they want to hear because honestly at the beginning I wanted the I wanted the applause, I wanted the glory. So you were a prosperity preacher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, I guess he no. Nah, uh, you wanted a I Ferrari just, because yeah. your spirit was a Ferrari. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> no well, I thought that well, I thought that it was a, about the people. Yeah. I mean, what I mean by that is that I thought it was to make them feel good. I just wanted to look good. Like motivational. I, I wanted, yeah, motivational. Yeah. And tell you as the long truth, as you got the applause, it was like... Yeah, <coughs> to tell you the truth, that's yeah, why means, the yeah. preaching sucked. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you straight out. But I guess also uh, because I got convicted by the Word of God, which says that I'm going to be held accountable mm-hmm. for what I preach and for what... Um, what's being said and even for even giving false account of the word of god and so that guy gave me a fire to to say i want to know what the word of god says why it says it and i I just remember saying god i don't want the applause if if it's gonna take glory from you i i I don't want it i don't know why you're clapping i don't know why you're talking about you (laughs) shout out to paul washer no no but that 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 just gave me a passion to say you know what i don't want to please the people because it's church is not about coming to feel good it's about Mm -hmm. being edified and edification sometimes biblically real biblical edification sometimes that not sometimes that comes through challenging that comes through rebukes and uh 
It, it comes to the mix of all. The book of uh, First Timothy even says to to rebuke, exhort, exhort yeah. and uh, you, you know, basically challenge. The way that I see it is challenge the people to serve God, not to feel good, but to edify the church. And so that's what makes, if I don't know what the word of God says, then honestly, uh, I'm not edifying the church. I'm not yeah. edifying myself. And so me as a pastor now, I got to know what the Bible says and uh, teach teach uh, God's sheep, not my sheep, teach yeah. God's flock. Amen. Because that's what God has entrusted me with, to preach the word. And so that gave me a fire to, to know what the word of God says and to teach biblically what the word of God is. Amen, amen. And, th- and that's, that's the purpose for this podcast right here. We just want to edify our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We just want to be a blessing. We want to be able to, to just raise each other up. And hopefully, you know, this podcast will be a blessing to you and encouraging to you. And that as we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will be able to grow with us. So any last words? Um, no, just keep listening. Um, a lot more coming. A lot more yes, coming. Yes, more coming. This is probably a lengthy episode, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there will be more lengthy ones if you guys have the ear to be able to listen. Yeah, thank you for listening uh, this, <coughs> this much. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, rebukes, or concerns or anything, you can hit us up at reformedraza at gmail.com. Hit us up with your questions. Anything you have to say, you know, if you want to send any death threats or anything like that, you can send that there sure. <laughs> to Reformed Raza. We already Raza. died. <laughs> I'll, I'll be more than happy to pray for you. Yeah, we'll be more than happy to pray for you. Uh, reformedraza at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for enduring with us. This is our episode one, the foundation episode. This is who we are. This is why we're doing this. And um, hopefully you guys will join us for episode two as we discuss what is the gospel? What does it mean that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins? Join us as we get into that. Thank you for joining us. And a rato. A rato vato. A rato. Peace.